Welcome back to New Rockstars. Zack Snyder's Justice League has restored the Snyderverse. If Warner Brothers will just decide to like money. Will this truly be the last we see of Snyder's DC vision as it might be? Or, or, or could Snyder's Justice League Part 2 and Part 3 mm -hmm. now be in some future alternate timeline that if we run fast enough with our hopes, we can skew right into? I'm Eric Voss, not Barry Allen. I can't run that fast. Watch our fitness videos. You'll see how capable I am of moving physically. This is Rogue Theory. With me is an amazing panel. I'm so excited to talk about this with, starting with the co-host of our Falcon Winter Soldier after show, MT. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. It's always good to talk to you and fellow nerds, so this should be really fun. <laughs> and with us as well is friend of the show, Twitch streamer, Angelica Trey. Hi, it's good to be back. I'm excited to talk Snyder Cut. Yeah, good to have you back. And returning guest, co-host of the Film Philosophers podcast, Eddie Villanueva. What Welcome is back, up, guys? I am excited to be here. I'm excited to talk about this stuff. And uh, I'm ready to just dive right in. And let's do that. So the Snyder Cut restored Snyder's vision for Justice League, including the ways he intended the DC movie universe to carry on afterward into titles like The Batman, when Ben Affleck was still just going to make it his movie, and The Flash movie, and uh, movies like... Justice League Part 2 and Part 3. Snyder himself has sort of kept that door open by suggesting that, hey, if Warner was willing to let him recut Justice League, letting him direct a follow-up film isn't that more surprising. But Snyder has also graciously acknowledged that the theatrical cut remains the DCEU canon because, mm. you know, Warner Brothers has the keys to the castle. And uh, Warner CEO and Sarnoff signaled that the Snyder cut was really the completion of Snyder's trilogy. And she was kind of hinting that they wanted to move on and not rehash old directorial visions like a David Ayer cut of Suicide Squad. But panel, let's help Warner see the light here because this Snyder cut gave this universe all the tools it needs to have an amazing, thrilling showdown with a Justice League part two and part three in the hands of Snyder. So if uh, Zack Snyder's directing isn't up to your taste, viewer, that's totally fine. You know, you have plenty of other DC titles to look forward to. Let's just let the fans have this moment, can we? And I want to ask all of you, uh, what should and would a Zack Snyder Justice League Part 2 look like now that we've all seen the Snyder Cut? I think the first thing we have to we have to honor in this particular iteration of the Snyder Cut is the fact that we get so much more of Cyborg and the heart of what this film originally intended to put out that I have no problem having the second part build on top of Cyborg's story and continue that evolution of not only him mm -hmm. understanding his powers and abilities, but him just understanding and recognizing and accepting himself. Like, I really hope yeah. that's the direction. That's one of the ideas that it's really top of mind Moving forward, because I am, uh, and I know there's a lot of other ways to say this, but I am completely surprised that it wasn't in the original cut. However, in this particular version, making his making his whole evolution and his, his whole story, the heart of the film, really gave light to a lot of things that we could actually potentially see down the road with DC. Yeah. Uh, agreed, agreed. And especially there were little moments in here, like in that uh, epilogue scene with uh, with the Joker in that post-apocalyptic future and how cyborgs seem to be kind of contesting Batman for who was really the leader of that gang. He's like, we're, we're exposed for too long. How much longer is it going to be to be there? It seemed like uh, Cyborg had stepped up into more of a leadership role, which I really loved. And yeah. Batman even kind of gave him that torch when they both jumped on the flying fox. And he's like, oh, it's... Uh, 
it's it's want is to fly and he's like it's yours too you know so yeah, yeah I, I would definitely want cyborg to be at the heart of that yeah and i can totally see more because basically in the snyder cut it fleshed out a lot more of cyborg and barry allen's flash character and so it's setting up a lot more into part two even with the epilogue, how important these characters are and just how much space for growth their character arcs could potentially have. And yeah. I think that's something that's really exciting and something that could and, and will would likely, you know, take the spotlight in Justice League Part 2. I want to see more Flash stuff um, in a future sequel because... God, uh, Snyder really fixed that boy. Um, it was, I mean, obviously with Cyborg as well. Like, I just, I'm very confused um, just how much Whedon like, decided was okay to cut. And like, you know, obviously Josh, Josh Whedon, you know, he did the best he could, I guess, with what he was doing. But like, good God, um, the Cyborg mm -hmm. stuff and the Flash stuff. There's just a lot more. Like, you just love those characters more. Right. And, like, I just, I'm really interested to see what they do with, um, you know, obviously with the canon Flashpoint movie that's that's coming out. Yeah. But I really hope, I mean, I really hope that Warner Brothers decides to tie these two movies into, like, well, like, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League anyway, and make it canon some way through yeah. uh, the Flashpoint movies. Because I think that'd be yeah. really cool. Because I think Snyder really did a really fantastic job i say really like a zillion times so that's that's just part of we're my here for it thank no, you we're really here for the it incredible thing yeah. about this, the most incredible thing about this movie is that everything had already been shot except for five minutes of it everything was already right. in can created except for five minutes of a four-hour epic event that's yeah. insane that that's could have been the first wild. movie. <laughs> right. That's true, which makes you think maybe the Snyder, you know, Snyderverse canon was underlying it all along, you know? We right. could we could get we could deep dive into this yeah. and be like it was there and it was happening or some of this stuff was happening, you know, obviously not the things that were edited over um but but yeah, like maybe maybe it did happen. Maybe they can weave it into the the greater uh you know dc canon uh, of the universe yeah i i don't see the uh the canon of the snyder cut as too incompatible with the with the theatrical cut just because the theatrical cut just left questions open-ended that the snyder cut just gave us answers to yeah. like mm -hmm. all the you know the flash cameo in batman v superman and that whole nightmare vision future we weren't really sure what that meant but if you just look through the details of the snyder cut it's like oh okay these characters when a timeline has been altered by a future flash time reversal, the characters who are part of that timeline have these kind of echoes of what happens in that future. And we see, we saw it happen with Bruce in Batman v Superman. We see it happen with Cyborg in this movie, right as Barry Allen is using his speed force to reverse time. That's precisely when Cyborg is like, whoa, something just changed in the future. And we're now on a different timeline, a different trajectory. So, you know, I, I don't think Snyder's been really gracious about it, but just, you know, the way Steppenwolf is killed, he's either way he's killed, either way there's a deeper threat uh, out there in the cosmos. And, you know, I don't think it's wrong for fans of uh, the Snyder Cut to feel like this is uh, the true direction of where this universe is going. Yeah, and here's the thing. Here's something I've been uh, stewing over uh, a little bit after I watched the Snyder Cut because I was like, this movie's pretty good. And I was thinking, since it's on HBO Max, technically, 
Warner Brothers could go back and fix any continuity issues in previous films <laughs> on their site. They could just literally edit a little bit and be like, all right, so like this <laughs> this happened in the Snyder Cup, but it didn't happen in canon. So we can just put that in and then yep. give my boy Snyder a sequel because God, it's such a better film. Like I've got to say, it's just so, it's a lot, it's a film. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it was really good. I, um, I wish I could have seen what he would have uh, what Snyder would have ended up doing when he probably would have had to cut that down. So mm. it would have been interesting mm. to see how much of that character building or, you know, those extra scenes, but, uh, you know, would have been cut down or edited for the theatrical release. Yeah. But I, I thought I thought it did a lot better in terms of fleshing out characters and uh, representing Steppenwolf. Let's anchor some uh, plot points that seem to be headed forward into a part two. So, like, we have in this epilogue scene with Lex Luthor meeting Deathstroke and telling him that um, that Batman is Bruce Wayne. And that was definitely setting up the Ben Affleck Batman story in which Deathstroke was going to be the antagonist to that. But now Deathstroke in this post-apocalyptic epilogue scene is now joining Batman and his Motley crew. So it seems like there's a defection from yeah. this Legion of Doom that was going to include Lex, Deathstroke, maybe the Joker and Harley Quinn as well, because we knew the original plan was to develop them in another movie. Mm. Uh, and then Joker's decision, it looks like to kill Lois Lane in the Batcave, was such a screw-up move that ruined the universe and turned Superman into this dark figure that perhaps Deathstroke is like, whoa, buddy, I mean, we're mad at Batman, but we're not going to burn the whole world over it. So it looks like that's what led Deathstroke to defect. Do we think there were other going to be other alternate death sequences or other moments that we're going to see play out as a result of Joker's actions? Honestly, it's endless because Joker is such a wild card and, you know, we'll just let anything happen. So that plus the acknowledgement of a multiverse and with all of, you know, Barry Allen creating different timelines, I definitely think anything is possible now. And I was sitting there while watching the Snyder Cut wondering um, if Deathstroke, if that was an alternate timeline, you know, in the epilogue versus just that ending right beforehand because Deathstroke was so different. And of course there could be some wild, you know, character arc that does change things. But I was just sitting there wondering, like, is this an alternate timeline? And then Batman mm. wakes up and I go, was this whole movie just a dream? <laughs> it was all Super a Mario Brothers 2. It was all a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Just brought up magazine. Of it. <laughs> and I think we're overlooking one other key, uh, one other key death in terms of the one that could actually affect the the outcome of how some of these things will come to pass. And that's possibly the death of Iris West, you know, since we've introduced her into this film, obviously Barry is very fixated on her, that slow motion, you know, touch and stare and ogle. A little weird. Uh -huh. The little hot weird. dog part was my favorite. I love yeah. when he put the hot like, dog in his pocket. I was like, doing A plus movie dog. right there. I could stop. I was the hot dog part was hilarious. Where's he going to put yeah. that? He seems so happy about the hot dog. I was like, this boy hasn't eaten in days. He's yeah. just like, yes, consumption. Mm, we're going to save this for later. It was a, That was an interesting shot for sure. It was yeah. uh, sweet. And then it was like a hot dog suddenly. Interjected. Yeah. But the coming to pass of, of that relationship coming to fruition, obviously, we know that we're going to revisit that. We know we're going to see his full affection for her, like fully displayed in front of her and with her. And and the possibility of something happening that causes the death of Iris West, that could cause Barry to try to do Flashpoint. 
to create yeah. Flashpoint and we could mm. get Flashpoint somewhere in between all of that. It, it, that could be the cause of it, though, him trying to go back in time. Yeah, I mean, he does have a lot of, like, you know, trauma with his mom and, like, you know, with the murder mm-hmm. of his um, his mom. And so, like, having, like, a a romantic figure or, mm-hmm. like, a, a love figure um, become lost, like, would probably just have him just be like, if I can go back in time, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say my mom <laughs> and my boo. So, exactly. yeah, I like that, Eddie. That's, that's a good and I wanna, to I want to talk more about specifically Flashpoint, this Flash movie, um, a little bit later in the show. But it is a very important question. How much time hopping do you think Snyder intended to happen in, uh, in Justice League Part 2? My thinking is that maybe he was uh, expecting for that to be explored in this Flashpoint movie. And then there's maybe going to be some alternate timeline, maybe some time reversal mm. stuff. But kind of like Endgame, not overall a time travel story. Uh, but some kind of crossover event that is set maybe mostly in uh, like in the present day as present day Batman is trying to connect with Joker and be like, what do I have to do to change your mind to get you not to kill Lois? And then we might have, uh, you know, this kind of a Star Trek Next Generation finale thing where there's like multiple timelines ripple affecting each other. Like we know where the future is, but we're really just staying focused on this present day timeline of like, Legion of Doom and certain members of the Legion of Doom being like, look, uh, we're sorry that Joker did this. Like having a Batman versus Joker conversation mm-hmm. and that whole like Jared Leto, Ben Affleck moment of like, he brings up Robin, Batman brings up Harley Quinn. Leto looks like scared in that moment. Like, I want to know what that was in reference to. I want to see that moment. And I'm wondering if that's what this part two was going to be. Yeah. Because that was, <laughs> no, that was definitely a moment. And that was actually a really good moment between Ben Affleck, uh, between the bat and the Joker too. And now I'm like pondering into it. Cause that was actually probably one of my favorite moments with Jared Leto as Joker. And yeah. There's there's definitely a lot of a lot of different timeline suggestions going on in there. Uh, Barry Allen's now got he's got like armor too in that epilogue, so I'm wondering you know if that helps in any way. Yeah, with the, with the Joker, maybe they could try to bring back Harley. Mm. I don't know. I feel like the bat. Yeah, a lot it, it, of it seems to be the key is with Joker, and then obviously yeah. throughout the movie with like with Lois. It could essentially be a a. a portion derived from the injustice storyline where the mm-hmm. joker uh tricks superman into ultimately killing lois himself which coming to find out she was also pregnant at the time now obviously yeah. in that opening storyline superman goes to find the joker in interrogation and kills him now mm-hmm. what if that's kind of part of the reason why batman and the team has joker to keep superman from finding him and killing him ultimately solidifying this next portion of the apocalypse and everything to come in the end. So you're saying that part two would be extending out the apocalypse? Yeah. Because Barry, has, okay. Barry saw it and Barry probably saw that, the yes, Lois is the key, but the, I guess, the ignition would be the killing of Joker and everything following suit. Yeah, Eddie, mm-hmm. I think uh, you hit the nail on the head there. The idea that I think injustice what, is what inspired Snyder the most yeah. with this post-apocalyptic scene, having uh, a very dark Superman who becomes murderous, essentially, uh, and having to reconnect with him and have him rediscover his humanity. But yeah, Joker's death, uh, the idea that we see the torn Joker card in Victor's vision tells us that in some future timeline, Batman broke the truce and just couldn't take it anymore this 
freaking clown taunting yeah. him and then just beat him to death because he was tired of it. But that is not what we see at the end of the movie. So there's we're seeing multiple versions of events and like Batman, Batman's goal is like, how do I not kill this freaking clown for what he's done to me and to the whole world? Uh, and Joker's thing is like, find the right answer, mm-hmm. find the key. And his key is Harley Quinn. And I think that was what Snyder was hoping. There was going to be a whole Harley Quinn Joker movie where you see the relationship unfold. And that relationship is going to be so important. So the idea for Snyder, what's more important, like how do you make Batman still relevant in a cosmic battle? You know, yeah. you got to have his relationship, his history with the Joker and Joker's history with Harley Quinn matter. And I feel like this is how you make it matter. And, and for <laughs> one, uh, just, just, Going off of what you said there, Eric, one of the things I would love to see is like a Harley Quinn uh, origin story. I just want to put that out there. But also, mm-hmm. what if in the uh, sorry, what if in part two they ended up doing, you know, basically before the epilogue, uh, you know, continuing that with Lex Luthor and Deathstroke, and so they have that where Lex Luthor is now trying to, I guess, get to Lois because that's like the key to everything. They kept, they kept mentioning that throughout the Snyder Cut. Lois is like the key, and everyone was, mm-hmm. was you know, emphasizing that. So I think that in part two, it would be Lex Luthor trying to kill Lois. You know, maybe figuring out that Lois is the key to Superman. And then having Deathstroke in the meantime go after, you know, the Batman. And and then maybe at the end of that part two would go back into another little snippet of that post-apocalyptic looking epilogue and continuing Mm. it like in little bites. Yeah, I agree with the little bites there, Angelica, because I think uh, if it were all set in this Mad Max universe, I think people would feel like, oh, we have another bleak post-apocalyptic yeah. thing. Yeah. I think the smarter move is to have it all set in the present day, but characters who just have knowledge of what happens in the future. And then, yeah, we just see little like flashes to that post-apocalyptic future to see how yeah. things are changing or to give like flash forwards, you know, and Lost, yeah. how they did flash forwards. And yeah, kind of and you're trying to figure out what happened in between the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Keep them guessing. And I think that would that would fill in some of the information of the visit by John Johns with uh, mm-hmm. Lois to keep her spirits high and not kind of give up because if she passes, then that's... I was just going to say, I think that's interesting how John Johns knew that Lois was the key. How much does he know about her future? Like, is Martian Manhunter part of that future as well? And he's kind of just this... Possibly. He must be, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. yeah, he knew way too much. I think he's he's going to be one of those like, omniscient characters that that pops in and pops out because like sure he he, i don't know he just he knew a little too much and every time they they brought him in which was pretty sparingly throughout the snyder cut it was because of that you know you you can't have a character that's like too all-knowing they have to be a little cryptic with it otherwise like they're just gonna tell everything they're gonna spill all um, yeah. I also think when they included, um, so they, they included a little bit of the Adam, uh, you know, like the scientist set up in yeah. mm, I think that they yeah. might, yeah, they might tie him into a part two as well. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think, uh, I think the Atom would show up and I think Green Lantern, a lot of people are asking like, well, where's Hal Jordan or Jon Stewart? Mm. Uh, and I think Snyder has said he wanted Green Lantern to show up in uh part three of this. Interesting. Um, 
Because once you bring in the Green Lantern core, like you could see the way Zack Snyder handed, handled Green Lantern in this movie is like, well, we have the one in the ancient battle, he gets killed off, and then we'll have Kilowog show up in the ruins of the Hall of Justice. Mm -hmm. But it's, I, I don't know how interested in the character Zack Snyder is. I actually believe that Warner said that he couldn't use the lanterns. Oh, was that it? Yeah, because I remember, okay. I think I read an article a couple days ago where like Warner was like, yeah, Green Lantern didn't do too good. So we're just going to avoid the lanterns yeah. in general. I see. Yeah, that's a long walk home for, for this particular character. <laughs> we, we got a lot yeah. of cleanup to do before we can get to that. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Uh, and I know they wanted to have a Green Lantern core movie at some point, mm -hmm. like around 2016, 2017. There were talks that there was going to be a Green Lantern core movie in like 2022 or something like that. I think it's all been scrapped now. And now they have uh, Berlantis doing a Green Lantern Corps show for yes. HBO Max, I think, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, so uh, I want to cap this off with uh, Snyder kind of teased that he actually had names for Justice League Part 2 and Justice League Part 3. He had a big document with just like name after name after name. It wasn't just going to be the number. It was going to, you know, like we had Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, and the Justice League, and the Justice League right. something. Yeah. So I want to hear you guys' pitches for what do you think Part 2 and Part 3 were going to be named? It's hard to not say Endgame. That's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I... I in in my head, I've already set it up as part two being centered around Lex Luthor and Deathstroke. Mm -hmm. And so Lex is going after you know, Superman through Lo Lois and Deathstroke is going obviously for the Batman because an eye for an eye, that joke. Um, mm -hmm. And it's all set up. So I'm thinking something along the lines of, of uh, let's see, uh, like Lux, Lex Lex. Lex Luthor, after, oh, I want like an alliteration here. Lex Luthor gets Lois. No. Or like, I don't know. I can't think of like a good word for it. Like Lex Luthor loves lethal. Loves, loves lethal. Something. Lollipops. Something with Lois. Loves lethal lollipops. Lanterns. Yeah. We need a full Lam alliteration Lam here. Lam uh, loves lamp. Yeah, Lex Luthor loves lamp. And then part three, I would think they would tie in Dark Side again, looking for the anti-life equation on Earth somewhere. In my head, for some reason, I've got it like in in a Snyder cut or a Snyderverse version, like in the pyramids for some reason. But um, it would be like return to the dark side or something you know yeah. like part three <laughs> return side. to the dark side and it's spelled like dark side yeah casting mark hamill as a joker would be somewhere in there yeah <laughs> that'd be amazing oh, i love mark I hamill think, as joker um i would call a justice league sequel honestly just straight up injustice because the Injustice yeah. series is very popular and it deals with an evil Superman. And people okay, who yeah. see that would probably be, I just see the title would probably just be like, oh, I know what this is about. And like, this is very mm -hmm. intriguing. So I mm -hmm. think they would just call it Injustice. And a Justice League 3 would probably just be like, the return of justice, more justice, justice <laughs> yeah. is back. Yeah. Um, so I, that's just uh -huh. me. All the but. justice. I, I, I like feel extra like, justice. I feel like if there's one thing, there's one thing that encapsulates every solid DCEU movie. And by that, I just mean Man of Steel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. One, one thing that Sorry. encapsulates all of the DCEU films and what they try to run through that one common thread is relationships. That's what each film is built uh -huh. upon. You know, if you look at Man of Steel, the relationship between Superman and his fathers and this relationship between him and Lewis and the relationship between him and Earthlings. You look at the next one, it's a relationship with, you know, uh, Batman and him understanding who Mar who, uh, Clark is and, and 
it's based on relationships. That's why this one, this particular Justice League was so successful. Uh, the relationship between Cyborg and his parents, the relationship between him, his relationship with him and the mother box, and then him with himself. That's what made it mm -hmm. so successful. That's why it's such an enduring film. So I feel like if we're going to pitch part two and part three, I would say part two would be Justice League Love Lost because we're going to look at possibly losing two key love interests with Lois and or possibly Iris West. And then the last mm -hmm. one's going to have to be Justice League uh, Lost Paradise because we're going to look at Ooh. where Justice League is going to be already in that apocalyptic state. And if you've read the comics or seen anything, there's a series called Justice League Dark Apocalypse War where mm -hmm. everything just goes all over the place. It goes to shit. And uh, they go for one last chance and it still is, there's a lot of casualties. People are gone. And at the tail end, it, the decision is to send Barry back in time to rewind time to fix it. And that's how yeah. it ends. And so I'm thinking if you're Zack Snyder and if you're wanting to ensure future uh, occupational opportunities at the end of Justice League 3, you're going to make it so it's an open-ended opportunity to come back and fill in the gaps of that. Very, very good take there. Uh, this like is still... One rogue theory guys so despite it being just a nice conversation i'm still mentally awarding points because i just have that kind of brain oh, uh boy. so I, I, just to give a point for this round uh, i'm gonna give a golden sparkle buck to eddie i liked your titles there at the end i think you have a pretty good take for for where this would be i would love to see all three of your uh versions of plot events for the future uh but uh eddie i think has the edge of the one i would go see first uh and agree. then i would say restore the mt cut and restore the angelica cut and then go back and <laughs> love forth. Lamb. Say, yeah I, who, who's to say what is the true canon going forward um but good job all three of you guys uh, we're gonna talk more about the dceu future that the snyder cut set up but first we want to thank some people who helped sponsor us starting with audible thank you to audible for sponsoring this episode audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment all in one place at audible you can find the largest selection of audiobooks from bestsellers and new releases to celebrity memoirs and more they have original entertainment from top celebrity creators and thousands of popular and binge-worthy podcasts and they've got everything you want lord of the rings stephen king star wars novels and all of the game of thrones you'll need to catch up on before all these new series come out because there's like six of them now uh i'm really into their exclusive podcasts they have some great stuff about hollywood history and they have enough true crime content to make you want to double check your deadbolt at night <laughs> uh audible fits right into your lifestyle listen to audiobooks when you do chores or exercise or just carve out a little me time for yourself and slip into that new pulp thriller or that classic that has been on your to-do list since junior high with everything you love to listen to all in one app Audible Plus is like your playlist for life. New members can always try Audible Plus for 30 days for free. Visit audible.com slash rogue theory or text rogue theory to 500 500. Again, that's audible.com slash rogue theory or text rogue theory to 500 500. We also want to thank our friends at Blue Chew for sponsoring this episode. So our buddies at Blue Chew have a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable form that is at a fraction of the cost but at least two whole numbers more than you would normally get 
uh, on an average day in other ways. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no doctor's office or pharmacy trips. It ships right to your door in a discreet package, but your package will be anything but discreet. You sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. Their licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strict. So if you hate swallowing pills, good news, folks. Blue Chew is chewable, like it says in the name. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal for our audience. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code ROGUE at checkout. Just pay the $5 of shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code ROGUE, to receive your first month for free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast and giving us the, the giddy little school kid laughs that we have when we talk about it. And New Rock Stars also wants to thank Stereo for sponsoring us. Uh, we've been partnering with the Stereo app on a whole new slate of exclusive shows. We're putting up almost as much content on Stereo as we are on YouTube. I don't know how we're doing it all at once, but we're making it work. Uh, most of this stuff only exists on Stereo, which is free, and you can get by going to Stereo.com slash New Rockstars. Every week, we're pumping out at least four shows there, folks. We preview what's coming up in pop culture, like when New Rockstars News on Wednesdays and our Falcon Winter Soldier preview show on Thursdays. And then we're reviewing what's already out there in our Inside Marvel Reaction Show on Fridays with the NMT. And then we have an editor's show on Mondays. And the best part of Stereo is you get to be a part of the show. You submit audio messages with your questions and your theories and your reactions, and we'll play those voice messages and react to them in real time. Sometimes it'll even show up on the YouTube channel later. So you'll be a star, baby! And right now, you can go back and listen to all of our previous episodes on any of our shows on the Stereo app, and you access these live shows, you share your questions and theories, and interact with us in real time by downloading the free Stereo app at Stereo.com slash New Rockstars. That's Stereo.com slash New Rockstars. All right, let's get back to the Snyder Cut. So its most dramatic change to the rules of the DC world really involved Barry Allen reversing time. First, he used uh, this speed force to reverse that mother box during Superman's resurrection scene in the Kryptonian chamber. And then in the final act, whoa, to reverse the whole mother box unity and the world's destruction. Insane. Now, these moves, plus a bunch of other little clues around Barry's father, Henry Allen, saying stuff like, I don't want you to run in place on a treadmill. Or, you know, uh, talking about his mother's unexplained mystery murder. Uh, this is all setting up the upcoming Flash movie. It's coming November 2022. It's going to adapt the Flashpoint Paradox comics in which Barry Allen really just runs back in time to try to prevent his mother's murder, but in doing so, skews up all the timelines of the DC world. So this movie event is going to be an insane crossover event. It's going to feature Ben Affleck Batman, but also Michael Keaton Batman. There's talk of Danny DeVito Penguin and Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Thomas Wayne showing up. Let's try to clear up the Flash timeline logic that Snyder presented in his cut of the Justice League and look ahead to what this will mean for this 2022 Flash movie. So first off, what do we think, uh, what alternate timelines did we see in the Snyder cut? What was an alternate timeline? What was the timeline we're currently on? Do we have any guesses there? I, I mean, obviously that nightmare timeline, like whenever, when I saw like Deathstroke and Mera, like all I got was, um, was flashes of no pun intended of the Flashpoint Paradox cartoon movie, animated movie, um, which is, where, so good. Which is fantastic. If you guys have Check not that seen out. that film, you have to yeah. see it. Like that was my first experience with the Flashpoint Paradox. It is a phenomenal, uh, work. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it had, um, like 
all these DC characters in different roles because like everything, the timeline was messed up. So like, mm-hmm. obviously that nightmare scenario is, is going to be its own timeline. I, and I do believe that we're going to see that again in uh, flashpoint paradox um, with possibly even two berries um, interacting and just be like, Oh, Hey, Barry from the Snyder cut. Hello, a dusty yeah. world, Barry. <laughs> Let's maybe work together. Who knows? Um, well, we've but, already gotten a hint of that from the, uh, the Arrowverse, the, the yeah. CW yes. series yeah. where, you know, Ezra Miller showed up and there was like mm-hmm. the two berries talking to each other. And that is Canon. It's tying in that Arrowverse and folding it into the DCEU in a cool way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think we've already seen a bit of that. We'll yeah. probably see more of it. And if there's anything that we can, we can attribute to the Grant Gustin series it's that it's given more life into what not many people know about the flash storyline and obviously a very key important character in the flashpoint uh series is eobard thon you know reverse flash Mm -hmm. and the the uh, instigation if you will that eobard does to barry to cause him to create that secondary timeline um i do think though that we actually witnessed a portion of that timeline creation, secondary timeline creation with that uh, going back in time, ultimately creating two different parallels with one where, like you were saying, the apocalypse did happen and this is who's left and then the one that was saved. And I and I feel like they're going to take whoever takes the wheels from here for the Flash movies and so forth. Um, they're going to take it on a more literal sense every time time is rewound a new timeline is created in any instance, yeah. no corrections. I mean, if there's any, ins- uh, there's any example of that, it's, it's been in the modern uh, interpretations of like the rebirth and new 52s and, D- and DC mm-hmm. comics, where we see kind of the wrap up, if you will, of the flashpoint series. Um, so I really yeah. feel like we're going to create several timelines, ultimately mm-hmm. kind of surpassing odd to say Marvel in their ability to create multiple timelines as of yet, if they can get this out and done in time and well enough. Yeah. And I, I definitely think, you know, just, just going off of what Eddie said, when they do release this movie, it's going to be extremely chaotic because we're seeing Barry Allen afraid of his ability to do this. You know, he, he just kind of vaguely says time. What does he say? Like time, gets weird or something very vague. Yeah, he's like, uh, the rules, he's like, when I approach a speed of light, uh, I start to break time or something. Yeah, Yeah, he's afraid of it. So he's going to be, uh, so to speak, running head first into this and then probably trying to correct whatever timelines happen. We've seen it in the past uh, with the Flashpoint Paradox where he has, Barry Allen has gone to a timeline where he doesn't have his powers, where maybe Batman's parents live, but but Bruce Wayne dies. Yeah. We've seen many different timelines here and there's so many characters that you can play with and characters that you can work with. And then of course, now with the Snyderverse, we've got that, the nightmare alternate timeline too. And so I definitely think that there's a lot of potential for this movie to be chaotic, but in the best way possible. And it'd be a great yeah. shoe in to introduce uh, Jay Garrick. At the tail end, when you have this fumbling Barry who's going all over the place and creating all these multiple timelines, almost comedic to where it's like, well, no, I can fix this. I can fix this. Mm-hmm. And then at the tail end, Jay shows up. He's like, look, son, let me show you how it's done. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, when they did, uh, when Andy Muschietti and Ezra Miller and the Flash team, Christina Hudson, showed up to talk about their Flash uh, movie, at just a five-minute segment at DC Fandom in August, like, they were kind of indicating that 
they're not afraid to pull in any element from any past DC uh, Warner Brothers adaptation. I mean, they showed freaking Constantine. Uh, they showed all the different Batman. Jeez. I think the only one they didn't show was Christian Bale uh, because I think they're still pretty protective of what Nolan created. But like, yeah, the fact they're bringing in Michael Keaton, maybe Danny DeVito, they could, DC is in a position right now mm-hmm. to do the multiverse so much better than what Marvel has done so far in WandaVision we didn't really see the multiverse blow up yet Endgame I would say kind of backpedaled from the implications they created of alternate timelines like even the directors and the screenwriters of Endgame were not on the same page of what the multiverse implications of their movie was whereas right now Mushietti uh seems like ready to dive in head first because it's like they have nothing to lose because people have been like criticizing this cinematic universe for its inconsistencies and now they're just like all right, we're just going to say that The Flash did all of this. Like, and give me a rake. We're going to start from the beginning and just scoop it yeah. all in. Just yeah. <laughs> Blame it Why all on Barry. nothing to lose. <laughs> yeah. It, that goofy and, and I think it could totally work. Uh, just Ezra Miller's sense of humor and Mushietti's abilities as a director, if they can get cameos by Michael Keaton in this, hell, go crazy with it. Yeah. And start, then yeah. on the other side of it, you do a new 52 rebirth. You have Robert Pattinson Batman, and this is what it is going mm-hmm. forward. Hold up, let me ask you guys a question because something just popped into my head. How would you feel if Zack Snyder said, guess what, guys? Watchmen. How would you guys feel about that? If, like, somehow the Flashpoint movie introduced the Watchmen characters from that film um, that he directed so, many years ago. Funny that you say. Uh, <laughs> there is a current, well, it just finished, current series uh, called Doomsday Clock where they've actually brought back, due to Barry Allen's uh, instigating of the speed force and the timelines brings back into the current 616. I'm sorry, in the current Earth One. Sorry, jumping things. Earth One <laughs> um, mm-hmm. brings the Watchmen into that particular universe and essentially creates this storyline where Doctor Manhattan was the one who had essentially manipulated the the, the time. Uh, timelines in the speed force and created th- these multiple timelines to determine if humanity can actually be gracious and humane to each other as a test. That's awesome. So yeah. uh, the storyline is a really great story. It's a 12 month issue run. Um, and yeah. everything, oddly enough, spoiler alert, oddly enough, everything surrounds Superman and why the only reason why Dr. Manhattan does not destroy the world itself and create a new one is because Superman is that one last shred of of hope that humanity can still be genuine to each other. Yeah, so. I love that idea. And like in that Flash panel at DC Fandom, they they reference Watchmen. I'm pretty sure it was the HBO Watchmen mm-hmm. and not the Zack Snyder Watchmen, which is even crazier yeah. if they try to bring in... Bring in the, Regina uh, King. I'm cool with that. Pull them in. You too. She's awesome. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm so excited for this Flash movie. And a lot of people are saying that Spider-Man uh, No Way Home is going to be a multiverse story. The more we see about it, the more I'm thinking, I don't know if we're going to see Toby and Andy show up in there. Yeah. I, I think, the, but I do think this Flash <laughs> movie, it's like, we could get real bonkers. Oh, this yeah. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. For sure. No, Bar- I could see Barry Allen getting comfortable with, you know, changing these timelines to the point where... 
he ends up like changing the course of things just for a hot dog again, just going back to that whole, you know what I mean? Like he's like, oh no, the hot dog fell. And he like goes back in time and creates another timeline just to like save a hot yeah. dog. Like, I think that's it's, what they, I would do. They Shoot. can get really zany with it. Yeah. I, yeah. I would say it would be a fun little campaign if they started doing hashtag Barry gave us bat nipples. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if that was, it was all him. It was all yeah. Barry. <laughs> Barry is bat. responsible for the nipple. Bat nip, yeah. <laughs> Barry gave us bat nips. Yeah. I love that so much. Oh, there's so uh, much work. I, I really do hope because, like, as we saw in shows like Smallville and not just in uh, CW shows, these DC actors keep coming back. Uh, Lionel Luther in Smallville was the doctor to Poison Ivy in uh, Batman and Robin. Mm. Same actor. Uh, Martha Kent what played Lana Lang in uh, Superman 3 um, in Smallville. And uh, yeah, you follow these CW Airverse shows, like they, they all keep bringing back people all the time. So yeah. if they could find a way to bring in all these cameos in this movie, oh, I'm here for it. I'd love to see a Scarecrow or something. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah uh, Scarecrow, uh, Scarecrow needs more screen time. So uh, I gotta give the point again to Eddie on that one, bringing that whole uh, uh, Watchmen and finding the way to link that together. I think that'd be great. So you're getting the point there, uh, but it's still anyone's game because we got a couple rogue questions coming up. Uh, so first question: the first episode of the Falcon Winter Soldier brought up some good questions about how the Avengers get paid. So uh, the question is, do you think the Avengers should be paid? And if so, what should their income be? And uh, how why how would they justify their pay raises and stuff like that? Like how high of a risk, you know, maybe like you've got, you know, I, I'm not sure here, but I'm you're thinking right. hazard hourly. Pay, hazard pay should kick in if yeah, you're an Avenger. Yeah, exactly. And like there, there's overtime, there's holiday mm -hmm. too. <laughs> Yeah. Take a holiday, Batman. Crime will wait. There, there's retirement. Like there's a 401k or something involved uh -huh. in there. Yeah. Oh, so you mean hourly as a good thing. Not like, because uh, if it's salary, that's all they get paid. But if they can get uh, clock in some OT in there. Yeah. Because if someone. Pay, so they can pay more. Exactly. Okay. If someone's doing higher risk, longer, you know, jobs, essentially, then then they should be. I don't know, honestly. I don't I don't want to make any statements here because I feel like everyone's gonna argue with me in the comments. But like but I'd say that, you know, some of the if there are any any, you know, characters that are like doing more, I would hope that they would be compensated in some way. You know, okay. yeah, I think, I agree I think we should have Jay okay. Jonah Jameson head the Avengers and pay them by the job. In the, in a, <laughs> terribly it's paid trash, them by the job. Trash. Wow. Trash. They're just like, independent like, contractors now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this but, one sucks. Um, I'm not going to pay you. <laughs> <laughs> no. But I think that if the Avengers do get paid, I think that they should get paid very little because um, Falcon in the episode one of Falcon and the Winter Soldier said that it was mainly based in goodwill. And I feel like once you start, oh. you know, paying people and, and becoming heroes for hire, Luke Cage, shout out, hey, um, then like more people will try to, I don't know, become Avengers, like Mysterio in a way, just like, you know, like I want to be an Avenger because like that's a great pay and like that's a job. And That would be fun oh, to you know. see though. I'd, I'd watch that. No. And I'm team making the college football <laughs> payment argument. Like, oh, they're getting paid in education. They're yeah. doing it for the love of the game. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I, honestly, I honestly think that, you know, 
this is like a volunteer thing. And then like the people with really good hearts should become Avengers. They're paid so in good like, karma. Sure. Yeah, just sure, like you but know, they should be at least given some salary. They can't yeah, be they should yeah. they should be giving like some type a livable wage, but nothing like super Living crazy okay. that enti- okay. entices people to like uh-huh. want to become uh-huh. a hero just be, just to get paid. I don't know. For That's the money. Just me. How okay. about this? Okay. Like they at least fund their their housing, right? Yes, like there's they, housing. Yeah, they let them stay food. on the business yes. compound. Yeah, like the yeah. essentials are covered, and then. Beyond that, you know, it's 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 little. But when they get injured on the job, they're done. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> no retirement. <laughs> we don't pay health insurance here. Just figure it out. All right. <laughs> very true. Very true. Just grab some ice. <laughs> I, I, sorry, would, I would say we would have to like incorporate something like a like in One Punch Man, create like a system where they get paid if they're consistent every week and something, and they'll get like a uh-huh. stipend every week because. Uh, Yes, uh-huh. they are they are heroes and they do it out of the goodness of their heart. Yes, they should get something, but the thing is it goes back to where is it going to come from? Who's going to who's going to foot that bill and it's just it's really interesting how it gets into the weeds of all that. But yeah, I think there should be like a tiered system where the more they go up in rank as a as a superhero, the more they'll get paid. Yeah, I, I think that's a sensible answer. However, all three of you are wrong. The correct answer is capital should be abolished and people should be giving a universal basic income <laughs> and no one should be uh, participating in the evil capitalist structure. I was the and closest. your assigned reading is the Communist Manifesto by Karl Marx. I was just going to say, uh, that I, sounds very communist. <laughs> I was the closest with covering their house, like their housing. You were, you were. So Angelica gets a point. <laughs> See, look, I don't, I don't get paid because I'm not, I, cause I'm, I don't, I, that's uh, what I wanted. I just didn't want to get paid. So I just don't have any bucks there. That's why <laughs> this is the future I decided for myself. Yep. I there, there is. Yeah. Great. You're in future. Yep. Um, all right. Another question here, March 26th, which could be tomorrow, depending on when you're seeing this, mm-hmm. uh, has been declared Leonard Nimoy day in Boston in recognition hey. of the Boston born Spock actor. So what is the best way to celebrate Leonard Nimoy, Leonard Nimoy day? Everybody find an opportunity to find William Shatner and kick him down. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my he just God. turned 90. <laughs> He just turned ninety years old. Today. <laughs> his oh birthday God. is literally <laughs> as we're filming right now. Just kick his ass on his birthday. Why not? Oh my God! Birthday beatings <laughs> to a ninety-year-old man. Let's just That's do for that. Leonard. <laughs> Leonard. <laughs> well, as a Trekkie, I would have to say that um, you'd have to go around for the entire day using extreme logic and mm-hmm. raising one eyebrow. Uh huh. You know. Yep. Spock style. So. Yeah. Spock would like that. You can yep. you can greet people like this too because honestly, it's good for you know the current situation. You don't have to mm-hmm. touch anybody. Just go like this. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's uh-huh. true. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, that is true. Honestly, I, I say we all just do Spock shots on the 26th. Like just, uh, shots. you know, just uh, take, it's, it's just a regular shot. shot, but like you just, you hold it like this. I just you, say, oh, it could be anything. You, it's just like, it's pinky and a ring the, finger out. Spock shot. turn into like Penguin what? Day then now? We're like, okay, Penguin yeah. just. Is this, I get, I get, this is more like Ninja Turtle to me, sort of like. Yeah. That's fair. I love it. Anyway, hashtag spot shots. Spot Gotta take shots. Them. Are they? And I'm in I've, Boston right now, so like it's about to be lit yeah. over here on Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. Day, you know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. <laughs> um, I'm giving MT the point for Spock shot. Oh, I love that. thank you, my friend. Uh, so well done. But I think if my math is correct, uh, Eddie Villanueva is our winner. And rightfully so. Theory. 
<laughs> well done. Well done to all of you. This has been such an enlightening conversation. I could talk with you guys for hours and hours. But we if should, this goes longer this. than an hour, no one clicks on the video. <laughs> so <laughs> that is it for this episode of Rogue Theory. I want to thank all three of our guests, MT, Angelica Trey, and Eddie Villanueva. Follow all of them on their social medias. Uh, support them wherever they are. Show them some love. And uh, support this channel by checking out one of our many great merch options at NewRockStarsMerch.com. Follow me at EA Voss. Follow New Rockstars. Subscribe here on YouTube. And a uh, reminder to download the Stereo app by going to Stereo.com slash NewRockstars. You can listen to our four new weekly live shows, including Inside Marvel with myself and MT, talking about the, whatever the episode of Falcon Winter Soldier is. And you can download this app for free on Apple and Android and create an avatar and profile and I'll see you next time, everybody. See you in some other future. Take and don't you dare send Bye. some boy wonders to do a man's job. Mm -hmm.